What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Seifter, joined, as always, by my co-host, Bart Wheeler. And Bart, it's uh, another Monday night here on the East Coast. We've got two Monday night games now, uh, which seems to be the new normal, whether you <laughs> like it or not. Um, so Joe Burrow is uh, in action. We'll see how uh, he does tonight uh, with that balky calf. Um, but the story of the week, I think, has to be the Miami Dolphins. 70 points, the most points scored by a NFL team in a game since 1966, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty impressive. And they actually could have set the record if they kicked a field goal at the end, but they're not in it for records. Uh, they're just in it for fantasy points. Um, <laughs> so that was a very nice uh, performance uh, if you had especially either of the Dolphins running backs. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, a lot of people probably had uh, Devon A-Chain, or as he wants to be called, I think A-Chan uh, now. He wants the pronunciation. Make, make, it, make it clear. I heard Bijan Robinson wants it to be Bijan. So a lot of uh, name changes we need to make sure we kind of get into our heads. But, yeah, it was like – both of those guys were right there at the top. I know you were uh, telling me that you sprinkled a little cash on Devon to lead the uh, week in rushing. So, so you got to find some of those props. I'm curious what the was it like a hundred to one, two hundred to one? What was it? Yeah, it was a plus fifteen thousand. So it was a nice. uh, hundred fifty to one. <laughs> awesome. So I, yeah, I uh, I was pretty happy with that. I I only bet a dollar, so oh, yeah. one hundred fifty bucks, hundred fifty one bucks on it. Um, but that was that was pretty fun, uh, and yeah, I mean those kind of bets are, are always a lot of fun because if you lose it, you don't really care, and if you win it, it's uh, it's like free money. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately for fantasy managers, like he was on a lot of people's benches, uh, and so it's it's fine, you know. He he had his coming out party, uh, you know, so to speak. Now you need to probably get insert him into your lineup. Don't expect uh, you know them to put up seventy every week, of course. But like you know, Mostert, we've moved up. I moved him up. I moved both running backs up. I moved Tua up. I think you already had Tua pretty highly uh, even before me. So I moved Tua up into a category, you know, above these guys like Fields who were struggling, above Trevor Lawrence. Um, I'm not sure. How how high did you uh, move Tua up your rankings? Like if you're looking at sort of the different tiers of quarterbacks. Yeah, I don't – I actually have merged the top two tiers uh, – essentially from the from the preseason mm-hmm. uh, except that Joe Burrow has left the tier uh, right. and Tua has entered it so I really have Josh Allen Jalen Hurts Mahomes Tua Herbert and Lamar Jackson all in the same tier at this point uh, that makes sense yeah I don't I don't really see a uh, a difference between them at this point and if I was drafting from scratch right now I think all those guys would be uh, reasonable players to take in the third round of a single QB league Okay, yeah, I still kind of kept Allen Mahomes hurts in a tier, but I moved that Herbert to a Lamar uh, tier like way up, so there's not a whole lot of separation, maybe a round. And then I have Anthony Richardson up there too. I expect him to be back after that week of a concussion, but you know his style of play definitely leads you to think like we, we could see that again. So definitely could be a lot of big games from Richardson, but uh, he could also miss some time if he keeps running around like that. So you, you get you take the good with the bad. Yeah, I actually have him grouped with Kirk Cousins at this point in my mm. next year. And then Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow are below them because it's just been kind of a rough start for, for Burrow and Lawrence. Uh, and Kirk Cousins is throwing for 350 yards and three touchdowns every week. So, like, I can't keep him down. I know, like, everyone just thinks of him as a back-end QB1, but this might be the year where he ends up being a top-five QB. Yeah. 
Couldn't really move up Tyreek uh, Tyree Hill <laughs> too much from where we had him. We already had him really highly. Same with a guy like Waddle who missed this. He missed out on all the fun. You know, he had a, he had a concussion himself, but he'll be back. Um, I, I didn't really move up any receivers, um, but definitely the running backs and, and Tua for me. Yeah, I mean, for me, Tyreek, I did slightly bump him up just in the sense that he's now ahead of uh, ahead of Travis Kelsey for me, and you know how much I love Travis Kelsey. Yeah. <laughs> so he's in the top four overall for me. Uh, with Christian McCaffrey, Tony Pollard, and Justin Jefferson. Um, so, I already had him at three, so I okay. just... <laughs> well, there you go. I think you had receivers ahead of running backs. I start. I had yeah. running backs at the top, so that's probably the difference. But, yeah, I mean, the, the Dolphins at this point are the best offense in the league, and I I actually don't think it's that close. <laughs> it's not just that, thir- that week three game. I mean, they were just, from the get-go in week one, while a lot of other teams were shaking off the rust of mm-hmm. preseason where you don't get that many uh, snaps with your starters and working in new schemes and all kind and new players and all sorts of things. The Dolphins were just running it back to what worked so well for them last season, came out from the get-go this year, firing on all cylinders. And now they're, you know, adding A-chan to the uh, recipe. It's just another weapon for them. And it's just, they're, they're getting even better than they already were. So, well, they're, you know, while you still love teams like, uh, you know, the Chiefs and the Bills, um, you know, the Eagles. There's there's plenty of good offenses. The Chargers are a great offense right now. Um, but I think the, the Dolphins have to be considered the best offense in the league at this point. Well, you mentioned the Bills and the Eagles. The Dolphins actually play both of those teams over the next month. They play the Bills in Buffalo uh, here in week four coming up, and that's going to be one of the highest expected uh, point totals. So it'll be interesting to see if the offense keeps keeps going because the bills defense looked really good last week i think that's going to be probably the game of the week and you know will it will it live up to the offensive explosion or not i mean you never know i mean i i I tend to think it will but i could also see the dolphins sort of not having a dud but definitely coming down off of this 70 point explosion and have some you know come down to earth and score like 24 or 27 or something right <laughs> i'll take the under on 70 against buffalo yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but no i generally speaking i think good offense uh, will be good defense um you know middle middling defense can beat middling offense but i think these teams that are just truly firing on all cylinders uh are going to be tough to stop by any defense so i i'm expecting plenty of points in that game um, so in terms of injuries uh, for week three, thankfully it was relatively light on the injury list, but there was one really big one. Hmm. Mike Williams, uh, wide receiver for the Chargers, uh, is now going to be out for the season with a torn ACL. So uh, very disappointing. I think Mike Williams, we were both pretty high on him coming into the season. Uh, he's played well so far to begin the year. That that offense is just going to be uh, – getting in a lot of shootouts and, mm-hmm. uh, the, you know, a lot of pass heavy game scripts and Mike Williams was probably going to have a lot of big games this season. So uh tough break for his fantasy managers and especially for him, of course. Um, but it does create some interesting uh, opportunity in, in the uh, wide receiver room for the chargers that uh, we're going to have to talk about in the waiver wire. Yeah, for sure. And I, I personally have a lot of Mike Williams. <laughs> so yeah, I did like him coming into the year. Uh, you know, got a couple of decent games out of him. He had a really good game uh, in week three uh, before uh, suffering the injury. But yeah, it stinks. I'm definitely going to be hitting the waiver wire because I have him in a ton of leagues. Scott Fishbowl, my keeper league. I've got him. I think I've got him in four of five or six leagues, however many I'm in. I've I've got him in more <laughs> than than not. So, yep, mm-hmm. got to got to start working the waiver wire if you have Mike Williams. 
Yeah, and we'll have a discussion in the waiver wire uh, portion of the show, which is coming up shortly. We'll talk about uh, Joshua Palmer and Quinton Johnston and uh, which of them might be the bigger priority and whether both of them can be fantasy relevant and all that. But I would also say with Keenan Allen, he's just been also phenomenal to start this season, and he's uh, rising up our rankings as well. Just I feel like he's pretty much a shoe-in for double-digit targets every single week, especially with Mike Williams out. Yeah, what did he get in this one? I think he had like 18 targets or think, something. No, 20 targets, 18 catches. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's yeah. that's incredible. I see that's that. Puka Nakua-esque. <laughs> well, I see he's yeah he's moved up by rankings. You moved him up to 24th overall. I moved him up to 10th. So he's like a he's like a first rounder for me if I were redrafting uh, with this Mike Williams injury. Like you said, all the you know I expect I love Justin Herbert. Uh, this offense, you know, I, I expect him to be in some shootouts. The defense doesn't look good, so all that uh, Keenan Allen. If if you have Keenan Allen, you're you're sitting pretty right now for sure. Yeah, maybe I didn't move him up quite enough. You're you're, you're making me regret that decision because I agree <laughs> he's a, he's really set up for a a terrific season as long as he can stay healthy, and that's always the question with Keenan Allen, but. Um, you know, he's, he's had a lot of great seasons, so I, I wouldn't worry about that too much. Yep. I saw your boy Jameis got in the game the other day, uh, unfortunately for a, a Derek Carr, I think AC sprain or something he's dealing with. Sounds like he avoided a, a major injury, but definitely expect him to miss at least a week. Um, I haven't seen them do anything as far as putting him on IR yet, but, um, I guess when we get, when we get into QBs, we should talk about guys like Jameis, you know, Andy Dalton got a start last week, looked decent. He probably can get another start this week. So there's some some super flex, you know, some quarterbacks out there uh, who might, you know, if you're in Scott Fishbowl, uh, stuff like that. Like, there's some there's some quarterbacks on on the waiver wire, like Jameis, uh, maybe Andy Dalton if he's still available. Yeah, and honestly, at this point, Derek Carr was more of a super flex quarterback anyway. He wasn't mm-hmm. really a, a starting consideration in single QB leagues, so it's more of a hit to those super flex teams, and and you know, those those teams may have to. Uh, bid fairly aggressively to find a replacement because it, it's tough to find uh, a warm body, a quarterback in those super flex leagues. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we've been talking about our rankings. I will say we have new rest of season rankings up on the website, rosrankings.com. Uh, so make sure to check that out. Um, you know, we talked about all these dolphins moving up, uh, some other movers at, at the, the running back position. Um, of course, Jerome Ford, uh, who we talked about, on the waiver wire uh, show last week, mm-hmm. um, we talked about him on the uh, on the uh, last couple shows we've done, honestly, and and uh, Kareem Hunt as well, um, and then of course Cam Akers heading over uh, to Minnesota. So those are all guys we we sort of talked about. Um, I want to talk about Kenneth Walker because we have him pretty high. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say though that like as good as Kenneth Walker is and as well as he's performing. Uh, Zach Charbonnet is coming on strong too, yep. and the snap shares are getting more even there. So, what do you think about that? What do you, where do you see uh, Walker's season going from here? Yeah, I mean, well, th- this start is exactly why. I mean, exactly why I'm like regretting not keeping him in a league. I could have kept him for like giving up a fifth round draft pick or something, and I'm definitely regretting it early on. But you're right, and this is exactly why I didn't keep him is because I thought, okay, this is going to become a little bit more of a split. Um, but that, even that being said, like Walker had the game you know, two touchdowns, he broke off a nice 36 yard run so he can hit those big plays. And when he does, and he's scoring the touchdowns, this is what Ken, Kenneth Walker can be. So like I moved him up, you know, I moved him up last week. I moved him up again this week. He's, he's like, I mean, I'm looking at our rankings. He's like a top 10 running back for us. Uh, and Charbonnet, 
the get the gap is closing, but it's taken a while to close. So maybe in two or three weeks we'll be talk we'll be moving Walker back down a little and just Charbonnet up. But for now, yeah, I have Walker as the top ten or twelve rest of season and Charbonnet, he's creeping up, but it's gonna take a lot. Like, you know, right now he's just kind of getting eased in, I think, still. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean you know, the snap count was fairly close to even this last week though so that's just one one thing to keep in mind but yeah I mean Walker is just putting up massive numbers right now and uh we know that he's cap he's been capable of that in the past too so uh it's um it's all good there with Kenneth Walker hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't be sweating the fact that Charbonnet is uh getting some opportunities too that this is a team that probably can support two fantasy relevant running backs anyway it's just um you know if if Walker wants to be that top 10 guy he's gonna have to uh, keep keep Charbonnet at bay. Yeah, one one rookie I was really excited to see last week was uh, Kendry Miller. Wanted to mention him really quick, uh, and he looked really good at times running the ball. Um, but every time I turned around, I felt like Tony Jones was also in the game, or not also, but instead, and he was catching passes out of the backfield. And I really wanted Kendry to be a little bit more featured. And now, of course, Alvin Kamara is his three game suspension is up, so he's going to be back in week four just to sort of muddle things up. I would expect Tony Jones to sit <laughs> maybe even be inactive here in the next couple of weeks um I, I that's kind of what i'm hoping for maybe as someone who has kendry miller in a couple of week, couple of leagues but long term like i have kendry miller in a keeper league i'm gonna try to hold on to him all year because i think like this is someone who next year could be really worth keeping and i hope he has some value this year too because he did look good at times against green bay yeah i i'm i'm hopeful that that's the case i i do worry a little bit though that like they might view Tony Jones as like the Jamal Williams, <laughs> yeah, Mark Ingram uh, kind of player, you know, like that might complement Kamara's skill set a little better than Kendrick Miller does. And uh, you know, uh, we've seen it so many times where fantasy managers um, think more with what they want to happen than what actually is li- most likely to happen, you know. And we've seen inferior talents get uh, playing time just because coaches have you know ingrained thoughts about it and uh the saints are obviously not one of the most um you know avant-garde offenses they're a fairly uh (laughs) vanilla conservative offense so i'm hopeful that it's a camara and miller show but i i fear that it could be a camara and tony jones show yeah and i mean as far as jamal williams if you don't have ir spots you can probably drop a guy like him i mean if you do have an ir spot you can certainly just stash him but who knows what's going to happen in a month or six weeks or whatever when he comes back so i wouldn't really be hanging on to jamal williams if i didn't have a spot for him yeah he's an ir stash if you if you have a spot and if especially in a deeper league like Mm -hmm. i'm stashing him in one league where i picked him up before he went on ir when i knew he was likely to miss a game or two and now now he's on ir i'm still keeping him uh, just because I have that spot, and it is a, a multi-flex spot league. But yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of ways that uh, this could go. I I do have a feeling, though, that Jamal Williams is going to end up with a couple multi-touchdown games later in the season. Yeah, um, as far as uh, running backs moving down our list, I mean, we talk about Najee Harris every episode. I don't know if we need to like go in-depth here uh, on Najee because <laughs> we talk about him all the time. But I mean, flat out, Jalen Warren just continues to look better than him. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about Jalen Warren in our uh and we get to running backs in the waiver wire but there's some other names where we maybe could look at like do you drop guys like dalvin cook like aj Dillon? uh these are guys flying down our, our board so like these might be names that you drop 
to pick up a guy like Jalen Warren or some of these guys we've talked about. You know, we'll probably mention some rookies and stuff uh, who we continue to talk about week after week who you should be, you know, stashing maybe instead of some of these guys who just aren't producing and aren't looking good on the field. Yeah. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but I don't know if there's that big a difference between Najee and Dalvin Cook <laughs> in terms right. of the situation. I mean, they're both players that were high-end fantasy stars at one point, uh, don't look like they have the same amount of juice anymore, are in really struggling offenses, and are seeding a lot of touches to a more explosive younger player. <laughs> yeah. You know, so like there's a lot of similarities there. I mean, maybe like Dalvin, maybe, you know, Dalvin is the poor man's Najee, but either way, they're they're both like outside of my top 24 running backs every single week going forward. So yep. like they're RB3s at best. And A.J. Dillon, I mean, even when Aaron Jones was out, like he was not a viable fantasy option. He's, so like Aaron Jones is going to be back sooner than later. I actually was surprised he didn't come back uh, this last week because they showed him warming up before the game and he looked to be running just fine. Uh, but I guess they aired on the side of caution for one more week. Um, but I'd be surprised if, if Aaron Jones isn't back next week. And uh, A.J. Dillon just, you know, he'll still get some snaps, but like he needs a lot of touches to be valuable. I mean, it's the same thing with Najee. Like without massive, massive volume, they're just not good enough on a per touch basis to make it work. Yeah. And before we started recording, we were talking about some higher end guys who have moved down, you know, 10, 12, 15 spots maybe. Uh, no longer would be in that sort of back end of the first round conversation if you were drafting today. Guys like Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs. I mean, Derrick Henry's dealing with a toe issue. Uh, both guys are really dealing with offensive line issues. Uh, don't really have a whole lot of room to run. Uh, are probably going to be dealing with negative game script issues uh, at times. And so, I don't know. Like, if I, if I were redrafting today, I, I wouldn't be looking at either of these guys in the first round. Even in the second round, uh, not so sure. And so, they're more like third-round guys. And even then, there might be some better options at wide receiver or something like that if you were, you know, redrafting today as we go into week four. Yeah, I'm sort of of two minds on these on these guys because uh, I feel like they sort of they both have one problem in common and then one thing that's different. Um, you know, with the problem in common, I think is that they're both in in offenses that are not functioning at a very high level right now. So uh, it's just it's not easy running. <laughs> you know, there's not huge lanes for them to work with and things like that. Um, they both also have just handled enormous workloads over the last few seasons, and yeah. it's quite possible that that's catching up to them. Um, I think the, the the differentiator for me, like I, I have a little more confidence in Derrick Henry's ability um, still being there somewhere <laughs> than I do with Josh Jacobs, but I the usage is much better with Josh Jacobs, so it's it's hard to know how to how to sort these two players because Jacobs doesn't really have a backup that's uh, taking a significant amount of snaps away from him, uh, whereas Henry uh, Tajay Spears has been playing more snaps than Henry in two of the last three games, two of the first three games of the season, uh, and that's because Tajay Spears is in in those passing situations you mm -hmm. talked about the negative game script. I mean, this team could be in a lot of negative game script this season because. Uh, they're just not going to be a super high-scoring offense, and their secondary is very leaky and gives up a lot of big plays. So um, that's a problem for Derrick Henry if if Tajay Spears is going to be on the field more than he is. Um, whereas Jacobs is still getting that bell cow uses. It's just not turning into much production. 
Yep, no, that's a good point. And and Jacob should get more in the, in the passing game, uh, like you said, and, and just being in there all the time. And yeah, when when someone like Zamir White comes in for him, he looks lost at times. I mean, like Amir Abdullah can get worked in, in the passing game, but like Zamir White is just I don't know. He 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 looks like he shouldn't even be on the field. Uh, but Tajay Spears certainly does for for the Titans. Yeah, and I mean the Raiders just haven't shown any interest in in making it any kind of committee. So no, I mean the Titans never did before this season, but I guess Tajay Spears has forced them to uh, readjust uh, their calculus there. Yep. Uh, so in terms of wide receivers, um, Amari Cooper, I you know I I called this one I, that he'd have a big game, and he certainly did have a big game. Uh, so he just keeps moving up our rankings, and I think especially with Nick Chubb out for the season, like Jerome Ford is fine, but. Uh, the, they're going to need to lean on the passing game more, I think, mm-hmm. than they would have before. Now, they do have a great defense, so um, they're not going to be like one of the highest pass volume teams in the league, but he's their clear number one guy, and uh, I think his his projected target volume is probably higher than it was coming into the season. Yeah, and I moved Elijah Moore up a little bit too, um, just because you know he's seeing the targets as well, and he's not he hasn't hit too many of the big explosive plays, but he certainly can. We saw him do that a couple years ago as a rookie, and so the the talent is there for Elijah Moore as well. And so to a much lesser extent, I've moved him up my rankings as well. Yeah, and they're, they're making a concerted effort to get him the ball. It's a lot of manufactured targets for him, sort of like what we're seeing the Ravens do with Zay Flowers. Yeah. Uh, the other guy moving up uh, both of our rankings is George Pickens. I mean, he's just, you know, he's the alpha receiver right now uh, with Deontay Johnson sideline, and we keep talking about how Najee Harris stinks. <laughs> so, like, and Kenny Pickett looked a little bit better against the Raiders. Now, he's he's probably not going to look better in a lot of these AFC North matchups. So this was kind of an easier matchup on Sunday Night Football. Uh, but, yeah, Pickens makes big plays. You know, he's a highlight reel type guy, and if he's getting six or seven targets, that's kind of all he needs to be like a, a, a borderline wide receiver too, for sure. Yeah, I, I – uh... I agree. I mean, uh, you know, we'll see how long Deontay Johnson is out for. Um, so that could be uh, a big difference. I mean, Calvin uh, Austin stepped up and uh, made a big play last week, but really, uh, there it's a pretty thin receiver room. I mean, Allen Robinson was left for dead already. So yeah, uh, it's it's kind of George Pickens by default right now. But um, I still think it's that's just not a very creative offense with Matt Canada, and it's not a very good offense. So. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just Lukeish, uh, lukewarmish, I should say, on George Pickens, <laughs> even, uh, even as their clear number one receiver right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty Lukeish or lukewarmish on uh, Garrett Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> I keep moving him down. We talked about him a lot with, you know, back when their Aaron Rodgers got injured. So now we're moving on to week four. Just, I just keep sliding Garrett Wilson down as I, as I move other receivers up. So he keeps moving down. Jahan Dotson keeps moving down. Uh, he's just not really doing a whole lot. He came into the season, people were thinking that McLaurin might be injured and Dotson would have his chance. Well, McLaurin has been playing through his little toe in injury, and really no one's really looking great in that Washington receiving core, but Dotson just, he's not even really separating himself from Curtis Samuel when I watch the game, so I just keep moving him down too. Yeah, I I was way down on Dotson this week when we were talking about, uh, you know, or for week three, I should say, when we were talking about guys who were above and below consensus on for for the week and then I kind of talked myself into him I saw something on Twitter about him in man versus zone coverage and thought oh maybe it's actually a a sneaky good matchup for him last (laughs) week against Buffalo well no I mean the problem is it's just the uh the targets there are just being spread around so much and it's uh, you know Sam Howell is just (laughs) uh, very much a work in progress too so like 
you know, John Dotson got seven targets in week one, and, and it's even gone down from there, five in week two and just four uh, last week. So um, he's a big play guy, so, like, maybe he can have some, some Gabe Davis, like, games where he catches two touchdowns and goes over 100 yards on a few big catches, but um, he's not showing that uh, anything close to that floor that you would want to see from your wide receiver, too. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, I moved DeAndre Hopkins down a little bit. I'll mention him. We're, we're 20 or 25 spots apart on this one, but I this this Tennessee offense, like Tannehill just doesn't look great. Uh, Traylon Burks is another one. You know, this receiving core, I just keep moving them down. Uh, really, this whole offense, we already talked about Derrick Henry, so maybe we'll move him. I'll, I'll move them back up, but I just haven't seen much about uh, with DeAndre Hopkins that I like. I know he's been battling a little bit of an injury, but he's also an older guy, you know, at this point, so... I just don't trust him as much as I do some other guys. So he, he also just keeps moving down my board. Yeah, I've moved him down a little bit, but uh, he hasn't been healthy. I mean, that's the thing. Like these last two games, um, I, I just don't think we've seen uh, the same DeAndre Hopkins that we saw in week one. So maybe you believe that we're not going to see it at all because, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, of his age. But I don't know. I'm not giving up hope yet. I Like, like we were talking about um, – this Titans team is going to have a lot of negative game scripts and they're just going to need to pepper DeAndre Hopkins with targets. So I still think he's going to return wide receiver two value this season. Okay. We should mention Sam Laborda because I'm looking at our tight end rankings and I see we have, you know, we both have Kelsey, you know, obviously is like kind of a middle of the first round pick five or six overall, depending on whose rankings you're looking at yours or mine. Then we have Mark Andrews is more of kind of a second round pick, kind of like what we talked about before the season started. Right. Mm-hmm. Then we have, then we have, we both have Hawkinson, as that clear number three guy and then a tier and I have a little bit different tier here uh I have you know Kittle Waller Goddard in some kind of order but you have Sam Laporta in that tier with them now you've moved him into that tier I haven't done that yet but he is next on my list he's right there with like guys like Evan Ingram and yeah Sam Laporta is right there is like a tight end seven uh right now in our rest of season rankings yeah I I can't distinguish those other guys from Sam Laporta at this point in fact I I could even see moving him ahead of uh, Dallas Goddard in particular, um, who's pretty clearly the third option on in his offense, whereas Sam Laporta, I think, is absolutely the door is wide open for him to be the number two option in that Detroit passing game. And Philly versus Detroit passing game, I actually think in terms of pure passing yardage and volume, it might the edge might go to Detroit there. So yeah. I might even bump him ahead of Goddard. Uh, Waller... Is a you know he's close to being a a, a faller if he doesn't turn it around soon. Mm-hmm. I mean it's it's looking really dicey for him right now. So he's on tenuous ground. And then we know the the story with George Kittle. I mean if if Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel are out, George Kittle will feast. But if both of them are healthy, um, there's going to be a lot of weeks where he's the odd man out there. So um, yeah, I think Sam Laporta absolutely belongs in the same group with all those guys, and I think he has arguably the most upside of them yeah well you mentioned Waller I'll just mention real quick I think Waller is a decent uh trade candidate because you're right like if he doesn't start turning it around he's gonna be falling but we haven't moved him and and part of the reason is like number one he's we we, we like him coming into the year number two he's played the Cowboys and 49ers he, you know the Cardinals were sandwiched in there too but he's played a couple of really tough defenses and this whole offense struggled against both of those teams um, we'll see what happens on Monday Night Football when they play the Seahawks. I think that this offense could get going at home in prime time. I think like this is the week to maybe trade for Waller. Um, I'm not saying you necessarily trade like Laporta for Waller, but 
you could trade a Kyle Pitts for Waller. Maybe someone might be interested in that. Um, you never know. Or, mm-hmm. or, or, maybe, or maybe just like a Kyle Pitts plus a third receiver or something and trade up to get a guy like Waller. I think now is kind of the time to, to kind of buy low because I think he's he's still potentially like the number one receiving option there because all of those other receivers, I continue to rank them sort of in this 50 to 70 range and no one's really emerging. You know, so Waller is kind of it. Yeah, I mean, I still think he's the number one option there, and he has to be sort of. Uh, they just, like you said, none of those guys are really demanding targets. I mean, if anything, maybe Wandale Robinson's going to become that guy now because he, he could. He started getting worked in this last week and uh, got a lot of targets for the number of uh, snaps and routes he had. So um, that's going to be an interesting one to watch. But yeah, I'm, I I agree in principle. The problem is tight end is so bad right now that it, the team that has Waller is probably not going to trade him because there's no other tight end they can slot in that they feel good about. I mean, unless they have Laporta also, you know, yeah. like uh, when we get to the waiver wire with tight ends, it's just gross. Um, so like if if you're if you don't have a starting tight end you should find the team in your league who has two of these guys. Like mm-hmm. like the team that has Laporta, and I'm in one league where that's me. I have Kelsey and Laporta. Like if I was another manager with a bad tight end, I'd find that manager and I'd make them an offer for Laporta because he's so much better than any of these waiver wire tight ends you're going to find. Yep, no, good point. Um, any quarterbacks you want to talk about? I know we, we already moved Justin Fields down. We talked a bit about him last week, and I was – I mean, we both were saying bench him. But I, I'm of the mindset of like – Bench him against Kansas City. He's not going to have a good game, but he could bounce back. And he, if he doesn't bounce back this week against Denver at home, who just got torched for 70 points by the Dolphins. I mean, I'm not saying Fields is going to put up 70, but if he can't score three touchdowns you know, or, or account for a couple touchdowns in this offense, then sure, I'll, I'll say you can drop him. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to at least wait another week, week to see what happens with Fields. Yeah, well, someone asked me about this on Twitter today, uh, whether they should drop Justin Fields. Uh, and I said no. I, I mean, it, it obviously comes down to your roster, I think. Um, but like, realistically, like he's still he's a ceiling play. Like I, you know, I kind of look at him now as like a, a an upside stash, like the way that like mm-hmm. certain running back backup running backs are like an upside stash. You know, like you stash him and and start somebody else. I would not start Justin Fields. I don't care if he's playing Denver. Like I'm not starting Justin Fields this coming week. So I would stream another quarterback over him and, and see if he can turn it around, but it's very hard to rank him for rest of season rankings because like I have to factor in the fact that, and I, you and I might disagree on this, but I don't think it's anywhere near a lock that he's their starter for this entire season. I think there's a very high probability that he gets benched. I think he's probably the most likely starting quarterback in the league right now to get benched uh I'm not counting like Josh Dobbs who could lose the job when Kyler Murray's back or something like that like just in terms of getting benched for performance reasons yeah um I think he's at the top of the list right now so I have to factor that into my ranking I think that's probably why I'm like a good 40 or 50 spots uh lower on on fields than you are because there's I still recognize the upside but we also have to look at the fact that like right now for the season he's the QB 23 in fantasy points per game. So like that rush and he's, he has been doing some rushing, but like it hasn't been nearly enough for how putrid his passing uh, numbers have been. So, yeah. uh, you know, the, the, the floor is not nearly as high as I think most of us thought it would be coming into the season. And um, you know, the, I, it, the, the, it could fall significantly lower if he loses that job. 
Well, yeah, I'll disagree a little bit because with guys like Zach Wilson <laughs> out there and, you know, Sam Howell, uh, Desmond Ritter uh, doesn't look great. Uh, there's just even Baker Mayfield who's playing right now. I don't want to say too much because I'm not watching that game, but there's, there's, there's probably four or five names I'd say who I think have a better likelihood of getting benched before Justin Fields. But the point is taken. I'll, like, I'll give you Zach Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I mean, although I, I mean, that's just a question of what can they possibly do? Like, <laughs> who can they find? Because yeah, uh, it's pretty obvious they need to, they need to go in a different direction. Those other guys though. I don't know, man. I like, you have to look at the team the team context i mean the the bears are just a complete disaster right now you know yeah. and uh the falcons are two and one they're not going to bench desmond ritter when they're two and one like the buccaneers are undefeated coming into tonight they're not going to be <laughs> benching baker mayfield anytime soon so yeah we'll definitely disagree on those other names who was the other one you mentioned i i can't remember uh i mean sam howell you know I, sam I mean, howell yeah i i mean he's got to... shown some spark you know like i mean He's he's made some plays. They're also two and one. So like, all of those teams are uh, winning games right now with those quarterbacks. So I don't yeah. I don't see any of those guys close to getting benched. But Justin Fields zero and three. This team needs to shake things up in a big way, and uh, maybe they do it at running back first. <laughs> but eventually they're gonna they're gonna do it at quarterback if uh, if they don't start winning some games here. Well, I've started working on my week four rankings. Uh, I I don't know if I'm going to have Justin Fields in my top ten or not, but like we should get into some other quarterbacks who you might want to start ahead of them uh, because <laughs> I have a feeling you're probably going to rank at least twelve to th- twelve to fifteen guys ahead ahead of uh, Justin Fields. So we might talk about a couple of them tonight. So let's get into who we have as uh, waiver wire uh, quarterbacks. Absolutely. All right. And as a quick reminder, we're talking about players who are rostered in. 50% or fewer of Yahoo leagues. Um, we will occasionally talk about a player in the 50 to 60% range um, just to make sure they're on your radar. I don't really see many of those players to talk about this week. We'll see if you if you have some. But um, as we always do, we'll start off at the quarterback position. And yeah, I mean, I, if, I, if I have Justin Fields, I'm looking elsewhere. Um, <laughs> it's not a great week for streaming quarterbacks, uh, to be honest. But uh, one guy I think you could pick up, and he might just be your your guy this season. Um, out, uh, and you can you can eventually just let Justin Fields go. <laughs> is uh, C.J. Stroud? Uh, so he's yeah. my top add, twenty uh, percent rostered, uh, home against Pittsburgh this coming week. And um, yeah, I mean C.J. Stroud, we know the talents there. I mean, I think most of us were pretty hesitant lukewarm on on him coming into the season just because not really proven weapons in the passing game so much um and uh thought they might run a more conservative offense but their defense is so bad (laughs) that i don't think that they can really afford to do that i mean these last two weeks uh he has thrown an awful lot of passes and he's played pretty well too uh, he's also seen not just nico collins but also tank dell emerge as really talented uh, weapons for him to rely on in that passing game as well. So uh, the the Texans are a, 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 a passing offense with a up arrow for me right now. And um, I think C.J. Stroud, obviously, based on the draft pedigree, has some serious breakout potential as well. Yeah, for sure. And like this, this could be someone who is like your quarterback all season if he if he breaks out. So I like that pick. He's my number two guy. Uh, like like you said, he's at he's versus Pittsburgh again at home this week. He's looked very comfortable at home. Uh, I'll just mention real quick that Jordan Love, I've you know talked about him like three weeks in a row. He went from like 30% rostered to like 60%. Now he's almost 70%. So 
he's he's rostered in most leagues, but it still it's still quarterback, so he could be out there. And he just continues to put up numbers. I know like he's he's not putting up like a ton of you know passing yards and this and that, but like he's going to get Aaron Jones back, Christian Watson back. He's playing Detroit and Vegas the next two weeks, who are bottom ten you know against quarterbacks right now, just through three weeks, small sample. And then he has a bye, so like Jordan Love, I I would I would put him up here too. Like he looks very comfortable. Uh, in this role, I think he could be your quarterback for the season as well. So I like Jordan Love. He's a little bit too rostered. So I'm going to just mention George, uh, Russell Wilson again, who's still in that 50 to 55% range. And the reason I'm mentioning him is because he is playing the Bears this week, and that defense is terrible. So this is more if you're kind of going week to week. I agree with you. Stroud's my number two this week because he's more of like a season long and this week. But I think Russell Wilson, I think, could be a good spot start against that terrible Bear defense. Yeah, I think that that's a that's a good call. I mean, he's gone over 300 yards in back-to-back weeks now. I know he had a Hail Mary uh aid that in week 2, but yeah. um but yeah, I mean the, the the Broncos have a really bad defense themselves and the Bears do too. I mean, these might be two of the worst defenses in the league. So, uh I I'm more confident in Russell Wilson to take advantage of that bad Bears defense than I am of Justin Fields to take advantage of the bad Broncos uh, defense, but but yeah, I if if Russell Wilson's there and you're streaming QB, I, I agree he's he may very very well be ranked higher than Stroud for me this particular week, but I'm guessing it will be close enough that um, if you're trying to find that rest of season solution, I would still rather take Stroud. Okay, well, who do you have after after Stroud? Who's your number two? So I think there's a a pretty steep drop off, honestly, for me uh, this week. But this this is going to sound a little crazy, but if Bryce Young stays out and Andy Dalton gets another start. Uh, Andy Dalton at home against Minnesota. I mean, that Minnesota defense is very vulnerable, and Andy Dalton looked uh, quite capable of running this offense. I mean, I think it's hard to question that he uh, is the better immediate uh, option <laughs> for for this passing attack uh, than Bryce Young is. The problem is this team isn't just playing for right now. They're playing for – the long term. So obviously this is Bryce Young's job when he's healthy enough to reclaim it. But it seems like there's a decent chance that it's at least Andy Dalton for one more week. Uh, and he's only 2% rostered in Yahoo leagues. I think like you could do worse as a, a uh, desperation streamer. Yeah. I think that's a good call. He's, he's a couple spots later for me, but like, yeah, he could be a really good streamer. I think if you're in a league where 15 or 16, 17 quarterbacks are rostered, yeah, a guy like Andy Dalton, I might be ranking as my QB 16 or 17 this week. So, yeah, I think that's a good call. Uh, and, you know, Adam Thielen, we can talk about him in a minute, but this is a revenge game for him going up against his old team in Minnesota. So, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that, that I know that's a little bit of narrative, but, like, yeah, Dalton Dalton looked good, and he could look good again this week. Yeah, I mean, and the thing about Thielen and also DJ Chark, they're, they're not, like, world-beater receivers, but they're very, like, professional, experienced, mm-hmm. solid wide receivers which uh matched with a professional solid quarterback <laughs> gives you professional solid <laughs> fantasy production they all have very <laughs> solid haircuts those guys yes yes <laughs> <laughs> all so right who else do you like at qb well i i feel like i'm cheating again because i'm taking another guy who's like 55 percent. but i'm going to talk about matthew stafford who is playing right now uh but i'm just i was looking at his schedule the next three weeks too he's got at indy coming up then he plays philly and arizona at home and you know Baker Mayfield doesn't look like he's doing much against Philly right now, but Philly has been beatable. Uh, if you can, if you can have the right game plan, uh, their secondary is kind of banged up. So Matthew Stafford and your boy Puka and Tutu Atwell. Every time I look 
at the screen tonight, Tutu Atwell is going off for these big runs. So, uh, and you could get Cooper Cup back soon. So, like Stafford could be someone if he can stay healthy, he could be a long term solution at quarterback too. So, I just think he's not rostered enough. Yeah, I, I didn't include him because him and Russ because of the the roster rates. But yeah, I agree with that. I'll probably have him also ranked ahead of Stroud just for this week going at Indianapolis. I mean, that's a real plus spot for Matthew Stafford. So I, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna like that matchup quite a bit. And then, like you said, once Cup comes back, it could be even better. Yeah, uh, for Stafford. So I I have. A lot more faith in Stafford to be a rest of season uh, streaming option or maybe even borderline starter than I do for Russell Wilson. But you mentioned the drop off. Like this is where, like for me, it's <laughs> it, it gets it gets pretty rough because like guys like Baker Mayfield. I don't know who you have next, but like he's next for me, and he's, he's like next for me as well. He's still twenty three percent rostered. He's playing now, not doing a whole lot. He's going to have to play at New Orleans, and that Saints defense has looked really good. And we know that Marshawn Lattimore, Mike Evans rivalry over the years uh it, it could just be a battle uh just these two teams and division so i don't know i'm not gonna like recommend anyone beyond this <laughs> really yeah and i i'm hesitant to even recommend dalton i mean i think it's hopefully you you just have somebody that you can start over these streamers it's just yeah. not a great week for it but uh, i will mention just some other uh quarterbacks for uh super flex formats um Jameis Winston, we talked about the Derek Carr injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an AC joint sprain, so it's unclear exactly how much time he's going to miss. But I'd be very surprised uh, if uh, Derek Carr played in week four. So Jameis Winston is one of the best backup quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, he could be starting, I think, for at least five or ten teams in the league and be an upgrade over what they currently have. Uh, so uh, versus Tampa Bay at home, I mean, that – that seems pretty decent matchup for him. Uh, so I actually think he <laughs> – you could make the case he's as good, he's a better option than, than Baker Mayfield actually on the other side of that game. Yeah, and then again for two QB leagues, like uh, Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo was evaluated for concussion after the game. So I suppose you could take a look at Brian Hoyer uh, in, in deep leagues if Aiden O'Connell is not rostered. I came into the season – saying like you should you should probably roster him because I think he's going to get some look at some point this week so he's like a super deep stash and super flex if you're kind of speculating on someone who could like actually start four to six games in the second half of the year I think Aiden O'Connell could be that guy yeah and then in the you know while we're talking about these deep super flex leagues I think Tyson Badgett of the Bears uh I, I've scooped him up in our dynasty league, and you were deeply offended by that. Uh, <laughs> this is thirty man roster super flex yeah. uh, dynasty. So, to put a little context on that, he's not a guy you need to be looking at uh, in a single quarterback uh, redraft league right now. But um, Tyson Badgen has—I mean, there's a lot of NFL scouts and professionals who have said that they—they uh, they think this guy's got some serious game, and he could actually be pretty good. So. Um, if he gets an opportunity here, uh, he he might be a pretty sizable upgrade for that Bears passing game. I'd be curious to see it. All right, you want to get into some running backs? I'm not going to comment on. T- I'm not going to comment on him. I have Justin Fields in too many leagues. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I will also say this is your weekly reminder to stash Kyler Murray if you have yep. a free IR spot. He's still only 24 percent rostered in Yahoo leagues. Good call. Um, yep. I think with running back, it's probably going to be pretty clear who the number one guy is because we already talked about 
Devon. Oh, was there some guy who ran for over 200 yards last week? I... Yeah, you know, he, he even caught a few passes. Had a couple receiving touchdowns. I don't know if you saw those all those dances the Dolphins were doing after scoring. Oh, my gosh. That looked like a lot yeah. of fun out there. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Devon Achan, I guess we're pronouncing it now. He's 41% rostered. He was in our top five running back waiver discussion last week. So if you listened last week, maybe you scooped him up already. Maybe you're one of those people who took him from whatever it was, 10% to 40%. Um, after this week, I think he's going to be about 80 to 90%. So I, I, I guess, you know, we talked about these guys like Dalvin Cook, A.J. Dillon. I think I would drop either one of them if, if you're looking at that to, to add A-chan. Uh, what about guys like Antonio Gibson, uh, even Joshua Kelly, who has really struggled? Would you drop him thinking Eckler? Even if Eckler is going to miss another game or two, um, I think they have a week five bye. So Eckler maybe is only going to miss one more game. At the most, would you drop Joshua Kelly or any of these guys for HN? I would drop any of them for HN if that's the last guy on your bench. Yeah, right. Not, without a doubt. I mean, he is definitely more valuable than any of those guys. Um, I think I'm still holding out some hope for Antonio Gibson uh, because he continues to play a lot of snaps. Um, he played more snaps than Brian Robinson uh, this last week. Uh, he hasn't hit on any big plays or, you know, he hasn't had enough touches really yet so far, but I still feel like he could, he could have some big games, um, kind of like a jerk McKinnon, you know, like not consistent week to week, but we'll have some big games just because of the role he plays in the offense. Um, but let's go back to a Chan for a minute. I mean, I, this is a situation where I would be fine pretty much spending all of your fab to get this guy. I mean, yeah. Uh, you know your own league and what it will take, but like um, players like this don't, just don't pop up on the waiver wire that often. I mean, Kyron Williams was a great ad. Puka Nakua was a great ad. Um, so there's been some good ones this season, but I think Achan is right up there with those guys um, just in terms of the upside. Um, you know, he's not the number one running back on the depth chart. That's still Raheem Mostert, but it, it honestly doesn't matter because uh, this is something we've talked about a lot on this show. Um, Mostert, is a great player, uh, very effective on a per-touch basis, but he's not this bell cow guy that's going to handle 20, 25 touches every week. That's not his game, you know? So this is a team that is going to run out two running backs every week to, that are going to get touches. Um, you know, HN isn't going to run for 200 yards every week, but he's going to get 10 to 15 touches in the best offense in the league every single week, and that is going to lead to some serious fantasy production. So... Um, I think he's like an RB2. He and Mostert are probably both uh, every week RB2s right now. Yep, I agree. Spend that fab. I think a lot of people are um, hesitant to spend the fab and, and maybe save it. But like this has been kind of a weird year, like you said. There have been a lot of early season guys that have been worth that 80 to 100% of your fab. And you know, don't worry about it. Like if, if that's what you need, if you need a running back, then just spend it. You can, you can work the waiver wire. Uh, as long as you you can do like zero dollar bids and stuff like that, like you can work the waiver wire as the season goes on and be be just fine. Yep, yep. And the other thing I would say is <clears throat> there's just this enormous gap between him and the rest of the running backs on the waiver wire this week. So oh yeah, there's like a lot of other names I like, but um, he's he's the guy. Like he's the guy that you can pick up and slot right into your starting lineup. I don't know if you can do that with any other running back on the waiver wire uh, with a great amount of confidence with you know a great amount of confidence now I mean I, I would say like I'll just mention Jalen Warren again because he's 56 percent rostered he's a little bit higher than than uh, you know that 50 percent threshold but he's he would still be like my number two guy 
uh, here. I don't know if you would for you or if you have someone else who you'd go with number two. I haven't really thought of it because, again, too rostered. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe. He, to me, he's still he's still kind of in a group with some other guys, though, because, like, I mean, part of the problem for Jalen Warren is – that Steelers team stinks. I mean, their offense stinks. You know what I mean? So, like, uh, Jalen Warren is, you know, how much how much can he really do uh, on this on this team when he's playing fifty percent of the snaps on a bottom ten offense? You know, I don't know. I'm, right now, he's the RB thirty nine and half PPR, um, and I just don't think Najee Harris is going away. Like fantasy managers would like him to go away but like I don't think he's going to completely go away you know I think it's going to continue to be a pretty even committee they they kind of complement each other they do they, they're different types of backs you know so I don't see a scenario where Jalen Warren is like playing 80 percent of the snaps or anything like that so yeah I, I, I could see putting him next but to me he's in a group with a bunch of other guys that I that I could name Okay. Well, I mean, for me, he has like a low floor because he's going to catch three to five passes and he can, he's explosive. Uh, and if, if an injury comes, then he's, he does have that league winning upside, but you're right. Like as it stands right now, uh, he's kind of a boring flex play. He's not, but none of these guys are guys you can just plug in. The next guy on my list was the same guy on my list who I think was number two or three last week. And it's Matt Breda who is 30% rostered and he's a super boring name. <laughs> and he was 2% rostered before last week. Now he's 30%. He's still an ad for me, and I've already, like I said, I've been working on my week four rankings, and he's going to be probably a top thirty running back for me. So if you really need someone this week, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of injuries. Uh, they're playing Seattle at home. Uh, people, you know, teams have run on Seattle. Teams have scored on Seattle. I think he could fall into the end zone again. So like, I think you could do worse if you're really hurting for a running back this week. But of course, Saquon will be back soon. So that's the caveat there. Yeah, I mean, you're talking at best two more weeks maybe for Matt Breda and. Um, it's also, it is a committee. I mean, Gary Brightwell played a, a good amount of the snaps in that game too. And, and, and Brita only had four carries, so it's not like he was <laughs> a huge part of the game plan or anything like that, uh, last week. And that's another, you know, I feel similarly to the, about the giants as I do about the Steelers. It's just kind of like gross offenses, you know? Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have Brita as a top 30 running back too. So if you need a if you need like a plug and play option, sure. Um, there's other guys I would rather uh, roster in most situations though. Like Justice Hill is the. I mean, I'm going to go back to talking about him again. He's my number two, thirty six percent rostered, and I don't love the matchup at Cleveland. That defense is ferocious, but uh, Gus Edwards suffered a concussion in uh, last week's game, and Justice Hill missed the game with a foot injury, but. Um, you know, at the time that was announced, they said they don't think it's serious and they don't think he's going to be out long. So uh, I would say there's a pretty good chance that Justice Hill is back this week. And if he is, the door is wide open for him. I, I already thought he was the best fit for Munkin, Todd Munkin's offense anyway. And, um, you know, if the choices are <laughs> Melvin Gordon and, um, you know, Kenyon Drake, I think that makes it even more obvious that Justice Hill is the best option uh, for this Ravens offense. Yeah, I think he's a good one. He's on my list, and you, you kind of said it all there. I think my concern is, like, if the toe injury is enough to keep him out again, then you could add someone. Like, if you need someone this week, I would go with Breda. But I do think Justice Hill is a good – like, if he's if he's there this week, good. If you don't need him this week, he's, he's an even better add because, like you said, Cleveland's a tough defense. You could see, even if Justice Hill's active, you could see Melvin Gordon and Kenyon Drake 
in the mix. I'm expecting Gus Edwards to miss because with the concussions, that just seems to be what happens. But like teams aren't even getting in the red zone against Cleveland. <laughs> you know, like it's yep. teams are just having a hard time moving the ball. So I'm okay avoiding the Ravens' backfield uh, against Cleveland this week. So that that's why he's lower on my list. Yeah, that's fair. I'll, I'll probably have Breida ranked ahead of Hill for this particular week, even if uh, Hill's good to go. So I under, I understand that. Yeah. That, uh, um. Other, but then then there's these just high upside kind of players. You know, I think Tajay Spears has to be. Yep. Uh, on the short list there because, uh, like I mentioned, he's played more snaps than Derrick Henry in two of the first three games. Uh, I think he's got a lot of juice, and if Derrick Henry is on the decline, which I'm not ready to say that yet, but uh, if he is, then I think Spears is going to gradually start to uh, impede on the early down work that Henry still dominates. Because um, so far what we're seeing is uh, Henry's getting a lot more touches than Spears, and Spears is playing more snaps, and that's because they're trying to run the ball early in the game. Um, and then later in the game they are uh, – you know, falling behind and having to go into pass mode. And that's where Spears is in the game. But I think uh, this team need, they might need a spark and Spears is the guy that can provide that. Yeah. So we, we, we hadn't, we haven't been talking about our, our rankings before recording the last couple of times. And Spears is, is next for me. I actually just clumped a bunch of rookies together, guys we've talked about. So like I said, Brita was for, next for me if you really need someone, but then it's like these rookies with upside, like you said. So Spears is number one of that group for me. And then I'd look at guys like Zach Charbonnet, who we already mentioned, Roshan Johnson, who's about 50% rostered, still a little bit under now, and Kendry Miller, who we just mentioned. So I think these are all guys who I would roster, uh, even ahead of Matt Breda. Like, if I don't need someone for this week, I'm, I'm rostering one of these guys. But if you need someone, that's why I mentioned Breda. Yeah, I mean, I it's interesting. I have the same names that you have there. I think Spears and Charbonnet are the guys that, like, I like the most from a talent perspective. Um. But uh, they've they've got pretty strong competition in front of them, whereas Justice Hill and Roshan Johnson are the guys that I feel like have the best opportunity to just take the job, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, like I mentioned, I think the Bears really are going to shake things up one way or another very soon. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Roshan Johnson jump ahead of Khalil Herbert. I think Herbert had a fumble last week as well. Um, but this is just a team that needs to shake things up and. swapping running backs is always a very easy way to do that yeah well you mentioned Jarek mckinnon's name earlier you know i have him on my list here a little bit further down but i wanted to just mention him because he's 47 percent rostered clyde edwards alaire is 15 percent rostered and he got a lot of carries uh you know against the bears of course they were killing the bears uh and mckinnon was the guy like you said hit the big plays scored the receiving touchdowns uh who would you want if you're kind of going deeper here amongst the chiefs would you go mckinnon or ceh well, I think McKinnon is is a better option in terms of uh, if you need a flex option uh, right now. Well, Isaiah Pacheco is healthy. If Isaiah Pacheco were to go down, I I would be I would probably like Clyde Edwards Hilaire more than McKinnon. I think McKinnon's role is just different. It's mm-hmm. kind of so like he's he's going to stay in his role regardless. But Ceh is more of like a handcuff for for Pacheco in my opinion. So uh, okay. so I I would probably. Uh, side on uh, uh, towards McKinnon because I just I'm just not a huge fan of um, of CEH as a player so uh, I you know it's one of these he'd be better than AJ Dillon probably but I'm not sure he would exactly 
light up the scoreboard even if uh, Pacheco went down. Okay. Um, the the next person on my list, I, I mean, I don't know how many we want to mention here, but I did want to mention Elijah Mitchell because we haven't talked about him yet. And I have him at, he's at 39% rostered. And Kyle Shanahan said that he thought he was using CMC a little too much and he was going to get Mitchell involved in the game. And he did this past week. And the Niners just look like a great offense, you know, just a well-oiled machine. And I'm just looking at their upcoming schedule. Uh, pretty cake matchup against Arizona this week. Then that week five against Dallas is, you know, that could be a bloodbath. <laughs> you know, it could just be a really tough game. And we just know McCaffrey's injury history. They have a week nine bye. And I just think, especially if I'm the McCaffrey manager, but even if I'm not, Mitchell is someone who just has really good upside. Now, he's gotten hurt himself, but he's just a, just a great upside player if McCaffrey gets hurt, which he, you know, does pretty often. So is he on your list, Mitchell? Yeah, he's next. I mean, it's it's... Achan, Justice Hill, Tajay Spears, Roshan Johnson, Charbonnet, and then Mitchell for me. Um, yeah, I think Mitchell has done enough. Like, I, you know, it was one of those things where a reporter asked Kyle Shanahan about this, and he was like, "Oh, you know what? <laughs> I actually think we should be playing Mitchell more." It was almost like he he realized that he needed to change that up uh, to protect McCaffrey. Yeah. So, um, and then he followed through on that, like you said. So, I think that's going to be what what happens going forward. And it's one of these things now where. Uh, when they have really favorable matchups like they do um, this week against Arizona, I think Mitchell is a reasonable RB3 flex option because uh, they could run out to a, a big lead and they, they could just run the ball a ton in that game. So um, I think in those types of favorable plus matchups against um, weaker defenses, he could be a flex option. And then um, McCaffrey just has a long injury history. So uh, Mitchell has like RB1 uh, handcuff value. All right, any other running backs you want to mention or you want to get into yeah, some Yeah, I'll receivers? mention some more. I mean, like Tank Bigsby, um, he's not playing that many snaps, um, which is <laughs> frustrating, but uh, he looks like he might be their goal line back, which is kind of interesting. Um, so, uh, you know, he's I don't he's kind of like a roll of the dice flex option. You're just bank, you're banking on a touchdown yeah. essentially. But then he's also got a lot of handcuff value um, if Travis Etienne were to get hurt. Uh, Chuba Hubbard um, you know, it's a similar situation. Like, uh, you know, if, if anything happens to Sanders, I think uh, he'd be uh, interesting. And then also just um, he is still playing a little bit, too. So, like, he might have some, like, deeper league flex value even in the meantime. All right. Um, so, at wide receiver, we, we talked about the Mike Williams injury up front. And uh, to me, there's a, there's a clear ad. But as I was, you know, kind of listening to some other podcasts and reading, seeing things on Twitter, I don't think everyone agrees on who you should pick up and maybe it varies, you know, depending on your league type, you know, if you want some upside, uh, you know, I'm just, just curious, maybe I should just ask you, I mean, I'm, I'm leading the witness a little bit here, but I'm assuming that you probably have a charger wide receiver at the top of your wide receiver list. Um, but maybe I don't know who it is. I actually do not have a charger wide receiver at the top of my ad list. Wow. Yeah. I have tank Dell at the top of my ad list. How about that? Yeah, uh, he uh, ran more routes than Nico Collins for the second week in a row, had another huge game. Uh, I talked about it with C.J. Stroud. I just think that this team is going to be in so many pass-heavy scripts. Um, and Tank Dell is just, I mean, he's a really talented player. And mm -hmm. I, I think, like, I had a little blind spot for him just because of the size, like, being a small guy. But, like, I just think he's going to have a lot of big games this season. And, um it's you know those chargers guys are definitely definitely next for me i think that 
there's like a clear top three ads this week, and those would be the, the three guys. Um, but I would take Dell before either of them just because he's he's already doing it. You know, with those guys, it's like it's more projecting. And um, we've seen with Josh Palmer, for example, like uh, he's had opportunity. Like he had opportunity last year. Uh, look how many games Keenan Allen and Mike Williams missed last season. I mean, there were a lot of games where Josh Palmer was playing a lot of snaps. Now, granted, it was a different offensive scheme. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. like, I think the, the the environment is definitely better for Josh Palmer this year. But, like, there's still questions about his actual talent level, I think. Um, so, like, I'll just take Tank Dell, who's doing it right now. <laughs> but realistically, if I was placing a fab bid on these guys, like, I'd be happy with with just kind of getting any of them, I think. So I I'd bid like reasonably aggressively on the ball and at, at similar amounts, and then just see see where the uh, where where the uh, I don't know what the saying is. What see how it plays out, I guess. Yeah. Well, and maybe it's because I have Mike Williams in so many uh, <laughs> so many leagues that I've had tunnel vision today. You know, just kind of focus on this Charger situation. But I do have Tank Dell as my second option, and I actually have I actually have Josh Palmer uh, number one. And then I have Tank Dell, and then I have Quentin Johnston. So, like, I, I actually think Josh Palmer, like, I trust him a little bit more. I feel like Quentin Johnston, while he does have the upside, he's the first-round pick this year, I just feel more comfortable adding uh, Palmer, um, thinking that he can kind of slot right in there. I've seen him have some good games. Um, it could be the wrong – could be could be wrong, you know, and, and some people are out there, you know, really vying for saying, like, pick up Quint, Quentin Johnston. But I just – I don't know. I'm trusting the veteran in redraft. Um, now I, I'm in a keeper league where I might prioritize Quentin Johnston. Um, if he's available, I don't even know if he is, um, but we're, we're, we're Josh Palmer's available. I'm, I'm adding him. Yeah, I, I, I can definitely see it. I mean, once, um, once, uh, Mike Williams got hurt, uh, Josh Palmer was the clear replacement for him in last week's game. Like he played right. all the snaps and Quentin Johnson barely played, which has been a running theme this season. Quentin Johnson has not been on the field very often for the Chargers so far this season, even though he's rostered in 32% of leagues and Josh Palmer's rostered in 2%. Um, now, it could change, though, now that they know that, that Mike Williams is out for the season because Quentin Johnston is the player who I think is more of a like-for-like like, um, for uh, Mike Williams than, uh, than, than Josh Palmer is. Um, he's, he's the same kind of receiver that Mike Williams is. He's he's this really big physical downfield threat kind of a receiver, you know? Um, whereas like Josh Palmer is a little more frail. I don't know if he he can do all the same things. So like, you know, Quentin Johnson is six foot three, uh, big guy. Um, so th- with a week to prepare, they could decide that the best strategy is to just keep Josh Palmer in that third receiver role that he's already comfortable with. And sub in Quentin Johnston as as the new Mike Williams. <laughs> That's yeah within the realm of possibility. So I have them very close. I probably would still lean slightly towards Palmer, uh, just because the, the coaching staff up to this point has shown a preference for him uh, over Johnston. But man, I can't I can't say that with a huge amount of confidence. Yeah, and you know just to be clear, to go back to running back real quick, like Devon Hn is like the guy who you would spend fab on this week. Like if I were ranking like HN would be number one and then there's a big separation and then there's these wide receivers, at least for me, like I kind of agree with you, like where I would maybe spend 20 or 30% fab on a tank Dell on a, or on one of the chargers. Um, but I wouldn't spend up, you know, 80% on any of these guys because, 
and some of that's just like wide receiver versus running back but it's also just we don't really know how the charger situation will play out tank dell while as he's, he's your number one guy this week i just don't know that we don't really know that he's kind of worth it like like a, like we think maybe like a puka nakua probably is but he could i guess he could have that kind of value uh season long but i just wouldn't spend up on him yeah i don't think any of these guys are like blow all your fab but i i do think these are pretty good ads like that they're they're above average ads for the season like in my opinion so like i i would definitely go if you need help like i think it's totally reasonable to bid 20 30 percent of your fab on a tank dell a josh palmer or a quentin johnson you yeah know? um and honestly if you know i don't know if you're if it if you really need to lock it down you might want to try to get palmer and johnston and then just let it play out on your on your own team you that's know? true uh, if you can afford to do that. So if you have the bench space and the fab to do it, I, I think it's a reasonable strategy because Mike Williams was a every week wide receiver too. So there's a, a pretty decent chance that one of these two guys will emerge as an every week wide receiver too this year. Well, before we get into some deeper wide receivers, let me just ask you, I'll give you some names on like, would you drop these guys? Because if you if you have people in eight to 10 team leagues, they may be looking at these guys and thinking, well, should I drop a, I'll give you some names. So we, we talked about like Jahan Dotson, uh, Traylon Burks, Rashad Bateman, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, who's you know another promising rookie. You know, would you would you uh, drop any of these guys for these three receivers we just got done talking about? I think I would drop all of them except maybe Dotson. <laughs> I still have a hard time dropping Dotson. I I might drop Dotson too. It's close. <laughs> yeah, that one's really tight. The other ones, I think it's pretty pretty easy uh honestly and you know i was a big bateman fan coming into the season but he's clearly still not 100 percent and um not playing uh anywhere close to 100 percent of the snaps so uh and that ravens team is just it they are running a more fantasy friendly offense now with munkin but it's still hard to support um zay flowers mark andrews and another passing game option consistently week after week uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, he's like a great stash, but, um, he, he doesn't have an immediate path to opportunity, you know, like he right. hasn't been involved very much. And as long as DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are healthy, I don't think he's going to be involved that much. So he's really like a stash whereas uh, these chargers guys and tank Dell have that immediate opportunity. And then who was the other guy you mentioned? Um, yeah, we talked about Bateman, uh, Traylon Burks. Oh, that's an easy one. Definitely, yeah. definitely take these guys over Burks. I mean, uh, I I still have that optimism for Hopkins, and I just don't think Burks is uh, going to see nearly enough volume to matter in fantasy. Yep, I, I would agree with all that. And like Bateman even picked up a hamstring injury, so yeah. And th- this offense, they're still trying to figure it out under Todd Monken. So like, while they might get it going, it might take <laughs> take a while. Uh, and yeah, OBJ can't get healthy. Bateman can't stay healthy. Just just want to kind of reiterate what you said too. I agree. Like I would pretty much drop any of these guys, and and guys like Dotson might be tough, but man, like. I think any of those three guys we just talked about, I'd rather have over him right now. I don't think I would regret dropping him. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so then I think there's a an, another very sizable drop um, after yes. those three guys at wide receiver this week. Would you agree with that? Yeah, there's a bit of a cliff. <laughs> then yeah. you start kind of getting into some, you know, there's either some there's some promising rookies who you might want to add. Uh, we talked about the Andy Dalton situation. I really think that Adam Thielen and DJ Chark you could add this week um and like jonathan mingo picked up a concussion so like we talked about these professional guys and <laughs> could really have a good week this week adam thielen playing against his old team dj chark you know got a ton of targets scored a touchdown last week i don't see why he couldn't do it again so like if you like 
I will definitely be trying to add one of these guys in a league where I <laughs> lost Mike Williams, for instance, and I'll, I'll probably plug one of these guys in next week and play, and play him. Yeah, I mean, I think the guy that I might like the best for that, though, is Zay Jones. <laughs> he oh. got dropped in a lot of leagues. I mean, he's down to 37% rostered right now, and I know that it's been uh, not a great start for the Jaguars, but I think there's still a lot of potential in that offense, a lot more potential than there is in the Carolina offense. So I think he'd probably be my my first choice if you're trying to find like a a cheap under-the-radar option that could be just a guy you can plug in as your wide receiver three and, and feel pretty decent about it. Okay. Well, there's a couple guys, too, we've mentioned the last couple weeks who I don't know what the heck happened with Josh Reynolds. Maybe he was a little bit still banged up uh, last week. He was hey, like, I told you, man, going against that – the Falcons team you just don't get the game script <laughs> I mean he was like our top guy last week and like he just was a dud and hey I said fade him though <laughs> yeah well I mean yeah I guess but like he was in he was in our waiver conversation Josh Reynolds I think a lot of people are going to drop still think him he's too a, I still think he's a really strong player to have on your team I wouldn't yeah. overreact to one bad game and that's what I was going to get at him same with Rashid Shahid. I know that like he didn't get he didn't get the volume in that game, but he like re, he returned a punt for a touchdown, and obviously still got you some fantasy points. He's just so explosive. Um, I, I I still like Josh Reynolds, Rashid Shahid, and a lot of people are going to drop drop them. So these are kind of like after waiver wire guys, even because they're probably on a lot of rosters. They're around fifty percent, but I would scoop them up if if the end of your bench looks a lot worse than that. <laughs> you know, just make sure yeah. like, churn over your roster and maybe pick those guys up on Thursday or Friday. Yeah, I'd put those guys in different categories, though. Like, to me, Josh Reynolds is in the Zay Jones category of, like, the number two receiver on a reasonably good passing game that is coming off a bad game or a non-game, you know? So, like, I think those guys are, like, sneaky, underrated, immediate plays. And then, like, um, other guys, some of these other guys are more, you know, you got, like, Rashid Shahid, I think you're just banking on a Michael Thomas injury. I, I don't think he's going to be a consistent enough player to rely on in fantasy short of that because yes, he's explosive, but I just don't think the saints are a team that is going to consistently support three fantasy receivers, you know? So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not as in on Shahid, but that's nothing new, I guess. Uh, <laughs> maybe if they let Jameis play YOLO ball, but they, they're not going to. <laughs> yeah. There, there's um, a couple other names, I think, that are like young guys, yeah. I think, who are interesting. I've, I've got Josh Downs on my list. He's, okay. he's he's 2% rostered. He got 12 targets. Now, this was with Gardner Minshew, and we talked about Anthony Richardson coming back. But Downs also had 12 targets in you know his first two games, you know, seven and five. Uh, very Just very modest yardage, but like, He's someone who, you know, could have a good rapport with the rookie and grow as, you know, as the other rookie grows. So, like, this is in deeper leagues. Again, 2% rostered, but guys like him and Marvin Mims, these are just, like, young upside stashes, I think, as we're getting into the later part of <laughs> the discussion. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, I'm much higher on Marvin Mims than I am on Josh Downs. Um, I just think Josh Downs is kind of like a PPR kind of a player. Um, mm-hmm. I just, his, his A dot's really low. I just don't. That offense is not very exciting. Um, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I he, he almost feels, I know this is not fair to say, but he almost feels like the Zach Ertz of wide receivers to oh, me. Like, man. He could catch like seven passes for like 15 yards or something like that. Um, he can at least Marvin catch Mims with is it. the opposite, man. <laughs> Marvin Mims like catches three passes for 150 yards. <laughs> you know, like yeah. he, is, he is so dynamic. Um, I think Marvin Mims is like to me he's kind of he's not playing nearly enough snaps to start him right now but like 
he he's probably a better stash than Jackson Smith and Jigba at this point for for upside because uh, I I think there's a path for Marvin Mims to just force his way into a lot more playing time. Like Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton are fine, but they're not like superstars. You know, they're not on the same level as DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And the Broncos are zero and three. They are not um, on the same level as the Seahawks. They need to. Sh- they're another team that probably will need to shake things up. So. Uh, getting their rookie receiver more involved just makes all kinds of sense. So I actually have Marvin Mims as my uh, – I, I actually listed him ahead of Zay Jones um, mm. as my overall uh, number four pickup at receiver behind uh, Dell Palmer and Johnston. Okay. Well, a guy I had ahead of, of, of Downs is Romeo Dobbs. He's 41% rostered, and they play Thursday night. So Christian Watson may be back, but we've seen this happen where guys don't get put on short-term IR, and then you're like, why didn't they just do that? Like, he missed four games. Like, this could happen. Like, he might not play. It's no sure thing. Um, we keep thinking he's going to come back, and he's, he hasn't yet. So Dobbs has been really productive uh, with Jordan Love. You know, there was a connection in the preseason. People kind of talked this up, and it's manifesting. So even when Watson does come back, who's to say that, like, they don't still just have this good connection, he and Dobbs? So I think 41% rostered is just too low for him. Yeah, I have him on my list too, uh, right after Mims and Zay Jones. I, I just don't, but I also have Jaden Reed there too. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just don't know what to make of this situation. It's very complicated because uh, I'm still kind of skeptical about Jordan Love more than most people. So that's part of the factor for me. Um, I placed a bet on the uh, Saints over the <laughs> Packers, and they were up 17-3 to with like six minutes left in that game, mm. and I lost the bet. <laughs> so I'm a little bitter about that, but... Um, That's yeah, gambling. I don't know. I mean, if, if if we knew Christian Watson was not coming back, then I would say Josh, I would say Jaden Reed and Romeo Jobs would both be really strong pickups. But uh, given that I I still do anticipate Watson being the best fantasy option on this team when he's healthy, uh, then it becomes like really which of these two guys is going to be the other guy because I just I can't see this offense supporting um, three receivers and Luke Musgrave. Like it's just too much for. A team that even though, you know, Jordan Love is putting up nice fantasy stats, like there's not a ton of pass volume on this offense. Yeah. All right. And we're going pretty deep here. Anyone else you want to talk well, about? Well, I think we need to talk about Rasheed Rice again as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he's got a terrible matchup this week uh, against the Jets. Um, so, like, he's not like a plug and play or anything like that. Um, but, like, he had another pretty solid game five catches on seven targets for 59 yards. Uh, you know, we we've seen this with this this team that the they just haven't really had any wide receiver step up to any great extent. And uh, you know, Rasheed Rice is starting his snaps jumped up quite a bit in week three. It was uh down at eighteen percent in week two, which was discouraging because that was down from week one. But then last week it went up to fifty one percent. So he played more than half the snaps last week for the first time this season, um, which is right in line with MVS Marquez Valdez Scantling and behind only Sky Moore. Uh so his his arrow is pointing up and he's been making some nice plays in that passing game as well. So uh I think there's you know and, and I have been um you know trying to be uh optimistic about Sky Moore but uh Rasheed Rice probably has more of a dynamic skill set uh than Sky Moore. So there's a scenario where he uh, emerges as that that number 2 guy um behind Kelsey especially if Kadarius Tony just isn't isn't him 
Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I still have Sky Moore ahead of Rasheed Rice as far as a waiver pickup. And I'll, I mean, Sky Moore is 53, 54% rostered. So would men, I did, would mention that as well. So I, I would, would you, would you pick up Rasheed Rice over Sky Moore if both were sitting there on the waiver wire? Ugh, that's tough. Probably <laughs> not. Probably not. Cause I mean, like you said, Sky Moore is still um, playing more snaps. So I, I think he's, um, and 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 he it's not like he's been terrible you know i mean i think he's been he's been all right um but hopefully there's another gear i'm beginning to question whether there really is but yeah um you know you don't have to be a world beater to to produce value as long as you're getting five to seven targets from patrick mahomes yep all right um i I know we've talked about guys like kendrick Bourne, Devontae parker i talked about nelson Aguilar last week uh (laughs) do we need to go there yeah (laughs) No, I'm done chasing Patriots. By the way, like, <laughs> yeah, and we didn't even talk about Ezekiel Elliott either. By the way, like, I mean, he no. had a pretty good uh, fantasy line last week, but um, that offense is just is just pretty gross. So. And the, he gets to face. <laughs> if the I Cowboys. can avoid starting Patriots, I'll be happy. Zeke gets to face the Cowboys this week too. Another, gets to yeah, <laughs> another revenge game. <laughs> oh, is it a revenge game for him or for them? That's the question. <laughs> we'll find out. Yeah. All, All right. right, tight ends. Yeah, tight end. I mean. Uh, well, I think with tight end, we should uh, we should talk about some higher end guys. Uh, I just want to mention, I mean, like Hunter Henry is 74%. So I know that's really high. But I think after the game that he had, which, you know, he had a really good week one and week two, there's going to be people who, people who will drop him. So I just would just put this out there. I still believe in Hunter Henry season long. Like he's still up there. Like I have Sam Laporta ahead of him now. But like he's he's in that conversation of like top 12 ahead of guys like Kyle Pitts still. And in my rest of season ranking, so I just would put that out there to you know keep an eye on see if someone drops Hunter Henry even though he's not available in a lot of leagues. Yeah, that's a good call. He probably will get dropped. I mean, in a lot of leagues because um, people are just cycling through these different tight ends. Uh, I mean, you could also see guys. You could see some. You could see David and Joku get cut. You know. Yeah, um, he's he's eighty four percent and he has a week five buy. Uh, so like he's going to be hard to stash unless you have a deep bench. But yeah, I would I would keep an eye on him too. Yep, for sure, for sure. And beyond that, it's like my best advice at tight end this week is trade for Sam Laporta. It really is because I I cannot confidently recommend any of the under fifty percent rostered tight ends. Like I think it's it's you're rolling the dice and hoping you get something out of these guys, but it's it's far from guaranteed. Uh, my top guy is Jake Ferguson, um, just because like I like the usage he's getting, um, even though they're running a bit of a tight end committee. Um, he's still he's gotten a ton of red zone targets so far this season uh, and he got another seven targets last week so that's two games in the first three where he's had seven targets which is pretty good for the tight end position so um, this is just a team that seems to be um, featuring the tight end a lot uh, so even though they are um, giving some snaps to uh, Peyton Hendershot and uh, and Luke Scoodmaker, I still think uh, Ferguson is I, I won't say a great option, but a serviceable option if you're if you're looking uh, to stream the position. Yep, he's my number two. Uh, my number one is Gerald Everett, but also in a committee. You know, Donald Parham's getting some, you know, run and scoring touchdowns. So Parham is one percent roster. I'd leave him on the waiver wire, especially with the Chargers having a Week Five bye. But I would add Gerald Everett if you're really desperate, uh, because again, with that Mike Williams injury, he could be someone who benefits. And yeah, I think my best advice is going to be to trade for Darren Waller, but I would agree with you on Laporta as well. Like this is the week to try to trade for a guy. Look, look for someone who has maybe two tight ends and can afford to trade one of these. Cause yeah, I, I wouldn't feel great about starting a Gerald Everett 
or a Jake Ferguson, but that's my number one and two. Yeah, uh, Everett's my number three. It is really concerning, though, that Parham is just uh, really impeding on his role. I mean, uh, you know, Everett, barely mm-hmm. he only played four more snaps than Parham in week three. Uh, Parham actually played six more snaps than Everett in week two. So <laughs> it's like a pretty even 50-50 committee uh, between those two guys right now. And Parham seems to be the one that they are looking to in the red zone more often so <laughs> you could make a case parham is even a better option than everett at this point uh, yeah so my number two is is luke musgrave even though i am pretty lukewarm it's like the word of the day or the phrase <laughs> of the day on the uh, packers passing game i still think musgrave runs some interesting routes i mean he he can get downfield and that's uh there's been a few near misses on big plays to him so um i don't feel confident about it but um you know, just it, it, he has as much of a chance, I think, to have a big game in any given week as as Romeo Dobbs and Jaden Reed do. All right, yeah, and then uh, Luke, Luke Musgrave is number four on my list. Number three is Zach Ertz, who's thirty eight percent. We talked about him last week. I mean, I, I don't really care to talk about him <laughs> much more, but I, <laughs> yeah. I I will say that Logan Thomas is number five for me. He was out with a concussion uh, last week after a pretty nasty hit. He's only four percent roster, and Cole Turner got seven targets last week while Logan was out. And Logan, I got to talk about my guy from Lynchburg, Virginia, where yours truly is from. So, yeah, he, he just he's he's getting up there in age. I think he's like 32 now. But he and Sam Howell have shown a nice little connection. And so, if he's healthy, I think like he could be the one getting six, seven targets this week. Uh, so, like if you're going deep, you know that's he's my number five. Yeah, fair enough. I I, I can totally see that. I just it's like for me, it's kind of after the top eight tight ends it's a total crapshoot all the way down to like tight end 30 yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah all right so defenses um I, you know i i think the browns are clearly the number one pickup even though they're facing baltimore i just think they're they're a dominant defense that could be your starter rest of season especially if you play uh in the typical fantasy league which gives a lot of points for turnovers and sacks and is less concerned about points allowed um, that makes teams more matchup proof. Um, and uh, I just think that Browns defense is wreaking complete havoc. I mean, they, Miles Garrett, you see how the, the Titans were rotating two tight ends across the formation to block whichever yeah. side of the line <laughs> he was on. I mean, the, the dude is a complete beast. So um, they have to be my number one pick uh, as a, a, a plug and play for the rest of the season type of a defense. Yeah, so they're they're my number one as well. But this is more like a in theory, I would say they're my number one. But like, so the Ravens is not like that tough like that tough of a matchup right now, right? They're, like they just lost to the Colts. So like, and they have so many injuries going on. Too. Yeah. So like week four, I think this is a fine play. But then week five, they have a bye. So like, do you want to roster two defenses? It depends on your bench size. You know, you could even look ahead and get someone for week five. Then week six, they play the 49ers. So, like, that's a tough matchup. And I know you've said before, like, I don't want to face any, you know, face the 49ers with any defense. Cleveland might be an exception. They're a very good defense. Um, so, like, that's my one caveat here. But, again, they are my number one pickup this week, too. I'm going to have them rank pretty highly against Baltimore. But just know that you are going to be in a little situation because the bye weeks are coming in week five. Yeah, that's totally fair. Um, I do actually think they might be that defense that's worth uh, holding to for a week if you can and then maybe – you know, biting the bullet and and playing them uh, when they uh, when they face uh, San Francisco as well. Um, you know, because they they their schedule 
does get a lot better after that. They get Indianapolis, Seattle, Arizona, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Denver, and the Rams. So that's that's a, like a pretty pretty good run of games there for the most part. Yep. Um, I'm going to cheat a little bit here and say Jacksonville is my number two. They're 60% rostered, but a lot of people are going to drop them after losing to the Texans, you know. And I think they're going to bounce back this week, man. They're playing in London. The Jags like to play in London. Uh, they're facing Atlanta, and I saw something. I think it was on Fantasy Pros today. They were talking. It was a little article about, you know, which defenses maybe are good against off, uh, certain quarterbacks. And I know Atlanta doesn't pass a ton, but when Ritter does drop back, he's getting sacked a ton. And the Jacksonville Josh Allen, you know, he's getting a little bit healthy. I think he, I think he played last week, but I don't, I don't think he recorded a sack. But I think this is a game where we could see him record a sack or two. And I just think Jacksonville will get at it in London. So. Um, again, sixty percent rostered, but I'm gonna I'm gonna like keep the faith here on Jacksonville and say they bounce back. Okay, fair enough. Um, I've got Cincinnati as my number two uh, at Tennessee. That Titans offense just not looking very dynamic right now, to say the least. And uh, Cincinnati's you know middle of the pack defense, and they're actually I'm looking right now doing a pretty good job of shutting down the Rams uh, so far, which hasn't been an easy task um, this season. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I think Cincinnati is pretty clearly my number two behind Cleveland among among the under fifty percent rostered teams. Okay, yeah. Then for me, like there, there's a couple I could go for. Like I don't really want to recommend the Chargers, but like if Jimmy G's out and it's Brian Hoyer, I mean Vegas, yeah, they're they're playing Vegas this week and like their offensive line has just looked really bad. So while I think they could probably put up twenty points on the Chargers, I also think the Chargers could could make some noise on defense. Um, so like, I think you could do worse, but I don't know where I'm really going to rank the chargers. Like, I don't even think I'll get them into my top 12. So like after that, it's, you're really kind of dumpster diving here for me. Yeah, I agree. I, I would try to get Cleveland or Cincinnati because after that, you're talking about a lot. I do have the chargers third as well, but you're basically talking about a lot of bad defenses going right. against bad offenses and that can kind of go either way. Yep. I don't have any kickers. You want to give us a couple? Well, I'm going to keep mentioning Brandon Aubrey every single week until he's over 50% <laughs> rostered. He's 46% now, so this could be the last week for it. Uh, at home against the Patriots, I I expect um, the Cowboys to be in the lead in that game and, and in favorable spots for him to kick some field goals. Uh, yep. Home game as well, on, uh, you know, in those favorable indoor conditions in uh, Dallas. Uh, Will Lutz uh, at the Bears, um, just – the Bears, you know, like <laughs> it should be it should be a good environment for Will Lutz to uh, kick some late field goals when when Denver's up by ten points or something in the fourth quarter, uh, and then I'll go with Jason Myers. He's just a good kicker, and uh, they're at the Giants, so um, you know I generally like home home team kickers, but uh, I still think Seattle can win that game at the Giants, and uh, at the very least, it should be very close. Yeah, and with Will Lutz, like I don't I don't know if. I don't know who's going to be up 10 points in that game. And it could just be back and forth. It could be one of these sneaky shootouts of just a couple bad teams, you know, defenses. Maybe the offenses get get going against some bad defense. So either yeah, way. Or it could be like really low scoring. I don't know. <laughs> it I, could be. Yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I think, I think that about covers it. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, as a reminder, we do have updated rest of season rankings on the website at rosrankings.com. Uh, we will also be posting our week four rankings on the site uh, later this week. So keep an eye out for that. And in the meantime, if you have any questions for us, you can always ask them on the Twitter machine. I am at Andrew underscore Seifter. And I am at Barton Wheeler. We appreciate everyone listening to the podcast. If you like the show, please follow, share, rate, and review. 
We are out of here. We gone. You've been listening to the Rest of Season Rankings Podcast. Go to www.rosrankings.com for more.